Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Screen Talk and Wire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the deputy editor and chief critic. Joined, as always, by Ann Thompson, our editor-at-large, who's so keen on doing this podcast that she's taking a break from her birthday to do it. Thank you for doing that, Ann. I hope it's going well for you so far. My uh, pleasure. I love Facebook. I love, I love, there's one good thing. The idea that you could put up a, you know, they've made it possible for you to put up a, uh, a charity and, and on your birthday and get people to, you, you gave to Planned Parenthood. Thank you so much. I was really touched. By the outpour. I'm a big believer in doing that anyway. I mean, that's when we got engaged. We didn't, you know, register anywhere or anything like that. We asked people to give donations and we saw a nice outpouring of support. So it is actually, it's a great way to take advantage of, yeah, I mean, people are sort of like, they want to celebrate you. You give them something constructive to do. So (laughs) why not? Why not two birds, one stone? I do love Facebook on my birthday and thank you for all the good wishes. And it makes me feel warm and fuzzy and it's all good, even though it's very hot here in California. It's hot here in New York. It's hard to escape it right now. Anyway, let's get mad about stuff because we have a major development in award season that we did not see coming this week. Uh, We we knew there would be Toronto updates and things like that to look ahead to. But what we didn't expect to hear about was this new best popular film category from the Oscars, which we both found to be quite problematic as did basically the known universe of people who know what they're Hard, talking I mean, about. Tasha Stone is defending it. God bless her. Um, and if you look on some of the websites, it's some of the people who are not in the industry who are just weighing in on what they don't like about the, about the actual Oscar cast. You can see a lot of people say, ah, I tune out whenever they put on the docks or, you know, I go get pizza whenever the shorts are announced, who cares? And but there's the a lot of nasty stuff on Twitter, you know, where people say, ah, oh, nobody votes, you know, having seen the movies anyway. What does it matter? But, but we do take but it, it seriously. You know what? It matters. It matters a lot for a lot of different reasons. And one of the things that people have been talking about, obviously, is that, you know, any year when there's legit Oscar buzz for Black Panther, creating a best popular film category that essentially, you know, pushes a film of merit that's made at a larger scale out of the, the kind of main best picture category is is considered problematic even if it's qualifies in both categories and the so other the thing question I- the question there is whether it will uh be hurt and and it and i as i would have loved to have seen them wait a year and let black panther do its thing or not know, what was the problem. rush you know but they were under a lot of pressure from abc there was a, a great deal they made them look at the, the the uh oscar cast granularly to see exactly which parts didn't play they told them how 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 badly some of these things so they're putting them in the uh, commercials. They're going to cut them down, cut down all the walking and uh, put the shorts and the sound and the crafts that are boring to, to readers and viewers, put them, put them on uh, in an edited form. And I don't have as much trouble with that as I do with the best popular film. But the other thing that I found problematic about best popular film was that 
the, one of the more thrilling things for me as somebody in, in our space covering independent film and, and, and tracking, you know, movies that you wouldn't necessarily think about in the Oscar conversation, not even in a Hollywood context at all, kind of start to creep into that is that, you know, by definition, you're saying, well, these other movies are unpopular or whatever. And I, I've always found it to be kind of thrilling to see movies rise up rather than creating these bizarre categorical distinctions. Well, I, I, what's happened in the last 10 years since they moved to, to the almost 10, uh, you know, uh, best picture preferential thing is that it has actually brought in more fabulous independent films and the uh, indie spirits and the Oscars have come closer and closer together. And I love Moonlight and I love Spotlight and I love 12 Years a Slave, but we know that these movies come from the independents and from the studio subsidiaries who know how to handle the marketing of these films and they might not exist without the Oscars. But the mainstream blockbuster movies is what ABC wanted. They wanted a best blockbuster category. And how do you define this? How do you decide that? Is it box office? Is it number of theaters? Is it, uh, you know, box office we already know. Is it uh, popular film means popular. It doesn't mean best. Yeah, and it's it's also the the Oscars represent a lot of things. Yes, this is an institution that needs the support of them. This major network that airs this thing that's watched all around the world and and ha has a real currency in popular culture. At least that's the assumption. But at the same time, this thing represents not the currency it once did. That's the problem. But but, but, but the other that's thing what is, they're I mean, trying to restore. But but the thing is, this thing represents also. Uh, uh, you know, a celebration of the film industry and the, the capacity for sort of some sort of centralized standards for all these people who work and the thousands of people who are supposed to represent where this medium is right now. And to create these sort of distinctions, I mean, we don't know all the details, but to create these sort of distinctions seems like a really horrible kind of message about the state of that art form that they can't all kind of work on the same playing field. Having said that, I did have one interesting thought about this, which is making a movie up for $100 million or $150 million is really hard to do, obviously. And you could argue is a different creative process than making a movie for $5 million. So if the, this popular film category were defined budgetarily and sort of explained to people as sort of we are celebrating the craft of making a movie for a big X scale. I like yeah, that too, Eric. I agree with you, but they, they're calling it best popular film and popular suggests not budget, but box office. How disgusting. do you measure that? And so they, the problem, the reason we're having this conversation at all, and the reason why everybody's so upset is that they're speculating. There is no rules. We don't know what the eligibility rules and requirements are. They're supposedly going to announce them sometime before Labor Day weekend, and, and then we'll know. But it, you know, until then, we're left you know, scratching our heads and wondering what the hell they're talking about. And, and they may not totally know what they're talking they don't. about. They're still working it out. They're, I've been talking to yeah. the governors. I've been talking to various people. And they took this seriously. They worked on it for a really long time. It is not something that they did hastily. They deliberated with a great deal of consideration what they did do. And this is what they, I find sort of 
um, has for a long time, I find their lack of public relations um, acumen uh, oddly uh, disconcerting. I mean, there's ways to handle these things. I and mean, people who I know in the industry who are publicists are like, what the hell are they doing? And they're not putting John Bailey on the phone. They're not putting Don Hudson on the phone to explain what they think they're doing. They may do that when they decide to uh, announce what the rules are. Well, it is sort of like the film industry version of when our government does something completely ludicrous and they don't totally message it right and they don't really care. And you kind of feel like you're part of this thing, but you don't have any control over it. And I, I don't know. I mean, we are all affected by this stuff. I mean, we spend a lot of time thinking about the Oscars, but there we also know a lot of people who are sort of sustained by by the, these awards in major ways. And so to make a shift like this kind of out of nowhere and not to message it appropriately. Well, it wasn't entirely out of nowhere. They, the, the, we all knew that they were freaking out about the bad ratings last year and and how, um, how earlier this year and, and, and really uh, how they, they, they had to sort of come to Jesus with ABC and, and give them something uh, to, you know, to they're spending like $75 million a year for this and they have a contract. It's like 10 years long and and they're they're really uh you know in bed together uh and they're gonna have I, i'm worried i'm worried they're gonna put tv people in charge of the oscars that they're gonna really really if you if you know anything <laughs> about what tv producers do you know it's really more um uh, uh, you know, it's it's a different enterprise than the kind of classy Tiffany program. Uh, despite anybody's complaints, it's still a class act, the Oscars, and I'm really worried that we're going to lose some of that. And the thing is, if you if your your biggest concern is ratings, alienating the the people who actually make, give the Oscars currency in the industry doesn't seem like the wisest thing to do because ultimately there's a it almost like a trickle up kind of effect where this could impact the show ratings wise anyway for other kinds of reasons or the ratings aren't improved and they alienated the industry for no good reason i like I the idea i mean tom Brugeman and i have been working on this um and he wrote the story uh the the going back to the five going back if you look at the stats and he he breaks it down very beautifully you see that back in the day before this 10 potential 10 movie best picture race came around, you could have five movies. There was usually two mainstream blockbusters in there. And you had movies like Gladiator and Braveheart and Lord of the Rings and Titanic winning best picture. And it's in the last 10 years that you, with the preferential ballot, that all these more uh, independent movies have been doing. I'm not saying they shouldn't be in the race. I'm not saying I don't love them. But if you want the ratings and you want to have mainstream blockbusters included, you have a better shot of it with the top five and getting rid of the preferential ballot. I, I totally agree. I mean, it's a, it's a very good argument. It seems like such a no-brainer. I mean, you, they, they've had plenty of time with this 10 best picture film. It never really worked. Yeah, it, it's just very clear that, that, that you know, as a, we have plenty of case studies to look at in that respect. The other thing I, I wonder is, does having more blockbusters in the race really get people to tune in more? that is the one thing that gets them to tune in it when you have titanic and lord of the rings and braveheart and gladiator you have more re, you have way more viewers when they're rooting it's a different thing too when you have all these people predicting 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 this is where 
my uh, what I do for a living has had a negative impact. And and what they're moving up the date in in uh, 2020 because they want to get ahead of all this, uh, all the different award show, then and all the fatigue and all the people being tired of it. But part of it is all the prognosticating and figuring out what's going to win. And everybody already thinks they know what's going to. If you're rooting for Titanic or Lord of the Rings to win, and there's a chance that it will win then you stay tuned. And if you're not, then you tune out. Nobody thought Dunkirk was going to win. I guess that's a fair point. I get, well, what I'm wondering is- would have been one to root for, and now it's going to be shunted off to this other category. It might be I'm in both, but it's harder to get there. If you have an animated category, they go with animation. If you have foreign film, they go with foreign film most of the time. It's harder. I get, I get it. I guess the thing I'm wondering is just like, if, if we need to get more popular elements into the ceremony itself, the nominations may not be the only factor. I mean, you could have different kinds of people hosting the Oscars, not that the current host hasn't like done Jimmy a lot. He's not likable. It's just a question of, are, you know, if you had Kevin Hart, you know. Or, I, I like mean, that. I like that idea a lot. I think Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish and, and Kevin Hart would be, would be fantastic. Be Make a play for the audiences that maybe the Oscars aren't getting to right now in other ways besides just trying to mess around with these categories and piss off the people who need to be on your side who give the Oscars real definition in the industry anyway. It's, it's, it's really fascinating, though, to talk about all this because what we're, what we're looking at is, you know, over the years, this industry can, has continued to evolve and go through a series of crises, you know, in terms of how movies are released, who makes money. You know, we've had issues with race and, and equality across Women. the board. All kinds of stuff and is By the happened. way, the politics so, last year did not play well with the with a lot of folks outside of exactly. the so, centers. So you're seeing a lot of challenges just in terms of figuring out, you know, who is this art form for and how is it going to survive and remain relevant? It was really only a matter of time before we saw something really dramatic happen with this event much in the way that we're seeing other kinds of dramatic developments. They're trying it. to be relevant. They're trying to, to adapt. They're trying to evolve. They're trying to take chances, believe it or not. Um, I, 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 honestly, I think much of this could have been prevented if they had just messaged it differently. Yeah, it's probably true. It's sort of a PR crisis above all else. I mean, to, to me, it's just like the, the title of the category is bad. It wasn't explained right, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and this and is they an didn't load it with their membership enough. The way they do it is that they have a um, yeah that probably would have been messy. They have a committee, and then the committee brings things to the board, and then and eventually the board votes on on what they bring, and that's what happened this time. Um, but I I really <laughs> they really don't handle it well. That's all I can say. There there's got to be a better way to to handle this stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to see more shakeups, irrespective of how all this plays out in terms of who is running this thing and, and who's making decisions and how those decisions come together and, and how they're messaged to well, people. Well, they've renewed uh, Don Hudson. They've they've renewed John Bailey. Uh, the board is is brand new. I mean, who knows? The other the other um, thing that's that's sort of a, a, a question mark is is the new date and how that affects uh, all the uh, other. Uh, 
things in the industry with the distribution, with when you release your movie, when, when, how much time you have to market, how much time you have to take advantage of the amount of uh, time once you have a nomination in the marketplace. There's a, there's a window there where you make a lot of money. They're not thinking about that. They're not thinking yeah. about that. I think it's really crazy too because people the moving the date up is so much more dramatic than most people would realize because if you think about the way the calendar is scheduled it's like it's like playing Jenga like you move one piece and there could be That's some sort right. of disastrous collapse. All these I mean, other I, people I, are going to try to get ahead of it and all. Yeah, I mean look, I've been the chair of the New York Film Critics Circle for the last year and a half and finding picking our date around the Golden Globes date which moved up a few years ago and that screwed up some stuff because We've got the NBR date, and then there's the Palm Springs and the awards they do. I mean, just a couple weeks can can have reverberations all the way into the previous fall. You know, they're all trying to figure it out, and they're all scratching their heads, and and they're all working it out, and and they're in a bad mood, you know, because because it means that you can't do it the way you've gotten used to doing it. Um, I, I mean, I want to think of this as you know, there, this should be seen on some level as a, as a positive challenge for somebody to solve, you know, I mean, bringing in the great, somebody call MIT and treat this as like a science problem. Like, how do you, how they've do you been, they've been having research into all this. They, you know, they figured out, they have obviously figured out they need more blockbusters and they need fewer categories that nobody cares about. That's what they, and they need a three hour show instead of a four hour show. This is what they figured out and they're not wrong. It's just a question of how to address it. So the other thing that I think is really important to point out in all of this is that it's not like the Academy is this ginormous, very wealthy institution that's making these decisions because it just, you know, just because it can do whatever it wants. I mean, the Academy is a very important organization. We know a lot of people who work there. They work very hard to do a lot of things besides the Oscars and not just give out grants and stuff, but create long-term ways to sort of preserve and celebrate the art form. There's this new museum opening in LA, which is going to cost how much exactly, Anne? 500 million. And it's a question of, of needing the income from the Oscars. You know, it's the way that they make the most money every year, like $75 million from ABC. And they've got a contract going forward uh, for years to come. Um, so they have to make it work. They cannot let this big uh, institution that is so important uh, go down in flames. And unfortunately, the museum is kind of a risky prospect as well. It's taken longer uh, to build and, you know, the, the, there's no guarantee that, that the whole thing is going to generate enormous uh, numbers of people visiting and, and going to its programs, but we shall see. Yeah, it's just, it's just hard to, well, I guess it's almost like if you could use this case study in a business school to kind of look at, you know, why is this organization all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but sort of it's, it's sort of crept into the DNA in a way that it's so beholden to the network that it needs to be making decisions that seem rash in order to sustain things that are incredibly important and not just important from a commercial standpoint, but important for people who just treasure movies as an art form. Like there is something legit going on. Here. No, they are balancing all of these different things. They're balancing the show, they're balancing their membership, they're balancing the Tiffany brand that is so valuable that cannot be sullied. They're balancing all of these things and it's, it's, it's not working. <laughs> it's just not working right now as they try to move into the future. And they are trying to evolve and they are trying to, to be innovative and stay relevant. And they know they have a problem. This is not news to them. 
uh, they're they're sincerely trying to figure it out. So bottom line, we want the Oscars to succeed. This is probably not the best way to go about it, but this is something that will continue to evolve and not a conversation that's going to end anytime soon. So next week when we reconvene, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about along these lines. And of course, there will be more film festival updates, whatever is happening to the future of award season. We do have one that we are currently in that will continue to evolve. But in the meantime, and please, before we get into it now, go enjoy your birthday. And, thank and we'll talk. you, Eric. And thank you for the Planned Parenthood thing. That really made me happy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.